the gospel was long when you have to drink water before you started preaching. Okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, In 2015, in the fall of 2015, I had just moved to Austin, Texas to begin my first semester of seminary at the Seminary of the Southwest. And I was arriving there with a group of 15 other MDiv students, and uh, we had not met before, except for one person I had had one or two brief conversations before we had arrived. And I'll just be honest with you, I was nervous and anxious to spend the next three years of my life with these people who I did not know, and I knew that we would be in class together, but I wondered if maybe we had some other things in common. And I will tell you that some of these people have become some of my closest friends now, but it it wasn't like that in the beginning. And so we found ourselves trying to spend time together outside of the confines of the classroom, trying to see if we had things in common, if we had uh, similar interests. And so uh, I found myself in that first semester doing things uh, that I had done before and some things uh, that I hadn't done before. We went to uh, Barton Springs Pool together, and uh, we got together and we watched movies. I played Dungeons and Dragons uh, for the first time. But the thing that gathered the most people together, and I'll just remind you, this was 2015, was Sunday evenings, and we would gather together at my friend Forbes' house, and we would watch the very popular show at the time, Game of Thrones. This was the big common denominator at the time. And what was interesting about these gatherings is that the room was really divided into two distinct groups. There were the people who were there who knew every character's name. They knew all of the complicated storylines. They knew why this person was angry at this person or why this war was happening or whose kingdom was up for grabs. And then there were people like me, who was mainly just there for the pizza and the fellowship, and who was so grateful each week for that minute to two minute recap of this is what happened last week or else they would have been listening to me the whole time going, now who is that again and why are they angry with this person? There's dragons in this show? Thank you. So the reason that I bring this up to you is that sometimes stories cannot be fully understood as standalone episodes. And it's not just TV or movies. Uh, The gospel is the same way. Sometimes we have to read these stories in their greater context, not to understand them, but to understand them fully. It's still possible to get something. We just might miss something that's important if we don't read these texts in their full context. And so the story that we have read this morning that is commonly known as the Samaritan woman at the well I'll warn you, it really, we lose something when we try to read it by itself, when we don't read it with the story that comes just right before this passage. And if you're going, oh no, I don't know the story that's just right before this passage, that's okay. If you were here last week, it was our lectionary reading, the story of Nicodemus. These two stories are intentionally put together by the author. 
They are a foil for one another. They draw a stark contrast between the two main characters that we are encountering, this Nicodemus and this woman at the well. Let me highlight a few of the comparisons. Perhaps most, most obvious, Nicodemus was a man. And the Samaritan woman, you guessed it, she was a woman. Nicodemus was a Jew, and uh, this woman was a Gentile from the subsection of the Samaritans. Nicodemus was an insider by almost every category possible. He was in the know. But the woman at the well was an outsider by almost every category. Nicodemus was a religious leader. People would have known him. In fact, so many people knew him and knew him so well that it changed the time of day that he went to go see Jesus. And this woman, by all accounts, was a nobody, just an everyday person. In fact, we don't even get her name in the story, and yet we know Nicodemus's name. Nicodemus comes to Jesus by the cover of darkness in the middle of the night so that no one else will see him. And Jesus interacts with the woman at the well in the middle of day, at noon, where it is bright out, in the town square where the well is, where everyone else comes to be. These two stories are a yin and yang for one another. They stand in deep contrast, and yet they invite us as the reader to see that Jesus comes to each of us wherever we are at. And the gospel comes to us and invites us to be not some cookie-cutter, Stepford wife, one-size-fits-all kind of proposition, but instead the gospel comes to us in the diversity of our own life, in the diversity of our situation, and invites us into a true interaction and encounter with Jesus Christ. This story invites you and I in the season of Lent to realize that Jesus comes to us the same way, wherever we are at in this moment, in our unknowing and our imperfection, Jesus comes to us and desires to relate to us. This is a story about relationship. I thought about the many times that I have heard this passage preached on throughout my life. And I thought about how often this woman is portrayed as being some sort of unsavory character with a checkered past. But I just kept reading through this passage again and again and again. And truth be told, the text does not bear those details. Instead, somehow, reading this passage in isolation, we have read it with some sort of puritanical lens, pushing in our own imagination and ideas of what this woman should be. But Jesus is on a journey. He is traveling from Judea to Galilee, some 93 miles at least. He stops at this place because he is thirsty and he is exhausted. The disciples have went into town to get some food. And Jesus finds himself asking this woman for a drink and they enter into conversation. Jesus tells her to go and to get her husband. 
And she responds by saying that she doesn't have a husband. This has always been described to me as a lie or a half-truth. But I've put myself in this woman's situation. Jesus is a stranger to her. She does not know him and she does not know who he is. Do you feel any obligation to tell a stranger all of the things that have happened in your life just because they asked you a question? This woman is simply having an interaction and answering as honestly as she can to a person that she does not know. And Jesus responds by telling her some of the details of her life, or in her words, all of the details of her life. And yet what's interesting is he does not categorize anything that she has said as sin or wrongdoing. He does not offer her forgiveness. He does not say, go and sin no more. But instead, he offers her a drink of living water. In other words, the things that she has said do not disqualify her from furthering her relationship with Jesus. And you'll have to forgive me for saying this, but this is the truth. A woman at this time would have been viewed more as property than as a person having agency or power to pursue a divorce herself. The truth of this story is that this woman had either lost a husband to divorce or to death five times. This is not a woman filled with sin, but this is a woman who has been through much trial and heartache and trauma, and she's simply just trying to get a drink at the well. I love Jesus' response because it is equal or the same to his response to Nicodemus. He does not ask them to change He does not tell them that they need forgiveness. He enters into deep conversation and relationship with them, inviting them into a deeper understanding of what the gospel means and who they are called to be. I think we need to be reminded of this in the season of Lent. This is that time of year where we can get caught up thinking about all the things that we have done wrong and all the things that we need to lay aside. And we can convince ourselves that if for six weeks we can simply lay aside enough things, somehow we will suddenly become lovable to God. Suddenly we will become worthy of God's love. But that's not the deal with Lent. And I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, but God already loves you just as you are. No matter if you are a man or a woman, a Gentile or a Jew, no matter if you are an outsider or an insider, no matter if everyone knows your name or nobody knows you at all. God loves you. And God is not asking you to lay down anything to become more lovable. In fact, the season of Lent invites us to lay things down so that we can love better. The truth is is that God's love is already perfect. God's love is already extended to you. God already adores you just as you are. The question becomes is, can we accept that love? Can we clear our lives of the busyness and the noise that distracts us for lesser lovers instead of hearing the call of Jesus? Come and drink from living water from which you will thirst no more. 
The challenge or the question for us today as a community is will we hear Jesus' call? And will we say yes to drink from this water, to know that we are loved and that we are worthy, and to never thirst again? Amen.